Hi, and welcome to episode 270 of No Crying in Baseball, the Are We Team Italy Now? episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, that was not on my bingo card. So on my World Baseball Classic bingo card, Team Italy for us was not there. So yeah, but all of a sudden it just got interesting. So so stay tuned for later in the show when we talk about that yeah, some more. We have stuff to talk about. Yeah. But um, I don't know. What have you been doing? Um, I have been desperately trying to get my holiday stuff <laughs> in gear. Because, you know, I leave Wednesday uh, for a little family trip, which I enjoy doing. And I really enjoy bringing cookies. And I really enjoy doing all these holiday things. Except for this year, I just haven't been, like, I just can't get it done. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to. It's just, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'll be happy when I do it, but I'm running out of days. So I don't know how that's going to happen. That's and, the problem. There's just not enough days. And that's I don't want it to turn into a stress thing. I want yeah. it to be a happy thing. I love to bake. I think people taste the, the stress in the cookies if you yes. do it at the wrong time. And I don't want <laughs> I don't want stress nut horns. Right. I want happy, like, family recipe nut horns. Right, which is why I outsource the lucky making to, to Mr. Potty Mouth, who's doing it as we oh, speak. Oh, my God. The this... studio smells great and it smells fried in all the best ways. It smells like a, like a state fair. Yeah. It, well, like, you know, a, like a Jewish state fair I guess <laughs> that's that's right that's right the 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 only drawback one of the drawbacks to Lucky's is that the house smells like this for eight days I think I think that's the tradition and then I mean, after the eight candles days were the condi- were the yeah. tradition but now it's the the right, fried right. smell so you really fry on the first day mm-hmm. and the house smells like okay. Lucky's for eight and then magically it, that's when it you know the waft goes out the waft yeah Something like that. The, the waft know. wanes. The waft, exactly. The That's waning of the waft. The waning of the waft. Okay. That should be, we should be another holiday. Oh. We can celebrate the waning of the that waft. That would be day nine. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Um, hey, so you might be able to tell that we're drinking the um, the laser-eyed cat hoppy deliciousness. What's it really called? I am not entirely sure, but I know it's from Full Tilt Brewing. And it was what we had last week, and it's very delicious, and we're drinking the last one right now. And yep. um, thank you for laser-eyed cat hoppy deliciousness. Yes. Yay, Full Tilt. Mm-hmm. On today's show, our hot stove is all about all the shortstops. All the shortstops have fallen. We've got new boyfriends for the Pirates and for the Royals. We've got international baseball, which also refers to our boyfriends this time. And we've got news on the Goldilocks ball. I hope you did your homework. Cheers. Man, busting people for not doing homework already. I don't know they didn't do their homework. <laughs> well, I'm just suggesting that they may want to put hit the pause button if they haven't read the Goldilocks ball article yet. All right. And I'm sure that that is linked in our show notes. So it absolutely will be. will be. It was it was last week, so you could do it ahead of time, and we'll do it again this week. Oh, you're so coordinated. Uh, organized. That's it. Not that's coordinated. It. <laughs> not coordinated. I mean, I color coordinated. Not. I mean, I look great. You do. You but, do. You that's know. a great shirt. I'm wearing actually. my artsy shirt. I'm wearing my night baseball shirt from the Phillips collection. When this did is you that. Um, it, it was it was uh, my 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 late husband had this shirt because he was a classy baseball oh, guy who yes. appreciated you know art museums and also baseball and this is the Venn diagram. It kind of like just shown up in a jersey. That's perfect. Yeah. So perfect for you. Suits you very very well. Thank you. Feeling good. Feeling yeah, good about I'm, it. I'm still in my like old Red Sox gear for a for a change. I've that, I've never would have anticipated yeah. that. So um, the final shortstop has fallen. A few weeks ago, Patty Thug. talked about how. There were four hot shortstops on the market, and one by one they fell. And finally, I think it was today. Was this today? Or Sunday? I think it was this morning that I, I think read it was this, that. I think I saw it this morning, yeah. That Dansby Swanson has gone not to the Red Sox, but to the Cubs. And it's, it's well, really not to twenty nine other teams, but to the Cubs. Yes, it's, I, I mean, like really put it in perspective. <laughs> it is. Yeah, okay. I was. I, I think on last week's show, I mentioned about how it would be nice if you were to go to Red Sox, but they do have Trevor Story, so it's not terrible that he's not there. 
Um, although it would have been nice. He has he would have upped the QR quotient for oh, the for, sure. for the for the team. Interesting, compared to the other Red Sox who have fallen, his deal is notably different. So we have, and actually, so this happened since last week too, Carlos Correa, my former boy, uh, Astros boyfriend from 2019, 28 years old, has a 13-year. That's just a shitload of time. $350 million contract with the Giants. We went on and we explained very clearly, so go back to last week's episode, how Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts, both signing for 11 years, as a 29 and a 30 year old means a lot of that time in that post 35 year old state that teams used to shy away from, but not now. But then there's Dansby, who's in the same age range. He's 28 and he's taking a seven year contract for $177 million. So that's still a lot of money. It's not over 200 or close to 300 or over 300, but it's a bunch. And it's the biggest Cubs deal since your former boyfriend, Jason Hayward, Haywood, wait, Hayward. I said it right you, the first you, time. You did all right. Yeah. Eight years, $184 million in, I just wrote Jay Hay, that's why, in 2016. But still it's seven years. But I'm thinking. Yeah. I was going to say a fun fact. Um, some of our uh, imaginary um, baseball friends from Twitter, um, uh -huh. we got together for a little Zoom holiday party on Friday night. And before you arrived, um, I was talking to to Sarah, our, our residence like Cub fan. Yeah. And we were talking about like the Cubs not spending any money ah. and the the highest level. You know the contract that ever done was the was the Jay Hay one. Interesting. And look at that. Just like the the next day or two days later, this happened. So maybe maybe it was the holiday party. That. Yeah, it, although they, they stuck to it. I mean, they didn't, you know, stray from that too much. They, I think they got lucky is what I think they did because I think that Dansby wanted to be in Chicago because that is where his lovely wife, who is the number one reason why I had chosen him for a baseball boyfriend, Mallory Pugh, plays for the Chicago Red Stars. I did not know so that. So as soon as the other three fell, he knew that he kind of had his pick. Right. He knew there were a bunch of teams that went after him. I have no idea who what the other offers were for how much. I know the Red Sox were in that mix, but he could pick. And I think I think it's pretty cute. I think it's it's important, you know, that he relocate where his wife has her longtime job. For sure. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited about yeah. that. So, you know, so he's one of these guys that we pick because, you know, he's good at baseball. Mm -hmm. But we all, but you also picked him, like, as you said, because his wife was she his wife at the time or they maybe when I picked him they were just dating they were they, were, they were just dating but yeah. you, you predicted this said so, okay so we get it's a twofer we get yeah. somebody else that we really like as part of this whole boyfriend thing um yeah and also I'm always fond of him because he has the best Jane Austen name in all of Major League Baseball <laughs> yes yeah weren't we swapping like doing there was Swansby dancing that was it Swansby dancing yep that works yep, yeah has with nothing that, to do with if we're drinking or not right but and that could be that'll be the the feature character of a short story in the uh, I'm sure in the very near future so they <laughs> we do what we do our Jane Austen fan fiction our Jane Austen Major League Baseball fan fiction crossover there is such a Venn diagram going on I'm sure half of our listeners are totally in the middle of this you guys I, I know you appreciate this um last thing I'm going to say about the whatever's going on on the stove is I'm taking a personal offense I feel like the Red Sox are testing me I feel like they're testing my faith and my my fandom because they hate my boyfriends because they just DFA'd not one but two of my former boyfriends this past week. 
which I I think they're out to get me, really. So you're thinking that the front office clearly are, are listening to the yes. show every week. <laughs> Absolutely. So they're up on who right. is on your particular Red Sox. Yeah. Like mine haven't really you know had any effect whatsoever, but it's only yours. Yeah, and I had like a bunch. I was going to say a plethora of, of of boyfriends on the Red Sox because some had been transferred there from other places. I had picked Jeter Downs when he was just a wee boy before he even saw the light of day on the Red Sox. I believe it was last year. So it was before he debuted, which was this year. Um, I saw his first home run at Yankee Stadium. And that was a moment. Like to see this kid named Jeter Mm. playing for the Red Sox, homer at Yankee Stadium for his first home run. While I was in the crowd, I just felt, you know, a little bit of attachment toward this guy and, and happy about it. I had missed his first hit, which was actually the night after I saw the Red Sox-Yankees game at Fenway Park. I think it was the day that they brought him up. I'm just going to say that like it's true. And If and, you say it enough times, it is true. <laughs> I, I know it's true there that he was not playing the night that I saw him, and he was playing that next night, and he got a hit against the Yankees, and that's a really good way to start. So he was up for 14 games, and he did pretty shitty overall, 150. 54 average, but still it's just 14 games and he gets DFA'd. Now, I also understand, and I know if there's any listener out there who cares about the Red Sox, that they know that he also did pretty shitty in Worcester. Like, he was under the Mendoza line, under 200 last season for the Woo Sox. But I still just can't help but feel a teeny, teeny bit offended by this. And the one that offends my father is them losing, um, DFA'ing Eric Hosmer. So dad says, and I just talked to dad before we were recording, he's like, it's not costing them anything. I mean, San Diego is paying the big bucks to Hosmer. They're paying like nothing and they DFA him. And he's in, this is dad saying like, they need a little bit of, of uh, elder statesman in the, in the clubhouse. They need somebody who's been around who can, you know, keep, keep things under control with, with some of these youngins and be a good model and he was injured – well, I mean, I guess this is part of the problem. He was injured a lot last year, so he also only played 14 games last Ooh, season yeah. and that, was that batting 244. Yeah. I mean, he came over in, what, the beginning of August um, they got him? But, you know, still, 14 games I is, mean, is, is not it a like, lot. Is it like we really need this roster spot for something that we need yes. more than we need to well, have leadership? So or that's the question. That's absolutely okay. the question. So that's why they did it. Um, they DFA'd him in order to make room for a Royals pitcher – now, the, the Red Sox have actually acquired a bunch of mediocre p- pitchers, you know, in the not. Are, and, are they and mediocre or are they, just, good are, they, well, are they just young and not? Mm, well, are they medi- prospects or are they mediocre? Mediocre. Medi- okay. I mean, there's Kenley Jansen. Who's Kenley, gonna be, right. I mean, he's going to be wonderful. Thank God they have a closer. But then there's sort of like an, an assorted, you know, sort that I think they kind of had a decent bullpen. But they're they're making room for this guy who's a relief pitcher from the Royals. Wyatt and Mills, Miles. Yeah, I can see. And he, his ERA is 4-9. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm, I'm with Dad on that one, and I'm just feeling like the Red Sox don't like me anymore. <laughs> I, I, but you know what? We like you. Thank you. Our listeners like you. All right, I'm going to open so this feel, beer that I clearly need. Feel the love. Wait, now, what? I okay. just opened one. What did you just open? So now we're both drinking DC Brow, and I am drinking the Imperial, which is a double IPA, which is exactly what I need right now. And I'm <laughs> drinking Stacked Vote, which is a cold IPA. And I don't know what cold means in this context because all of the it beer was... I drink at the Potty Mouth House <laughs> is cold because they know what's good and we're not British. Yeah, well, usually. I fucked up a couple weeks Are ago. Are you British sometimes? What? No, no, no. <laughs> I gave you a lukewarm beer a couple weeks ago. 
<laughs> oh, I that's sh- when you had to ask Siri how right. long it takes to chill a beer down in the freezer. That was exactly it. And that's what Siri's am, good for. And I am actually part British. My my uh, no dad's way. yes, yes, yes. My dad's grandfather um, was from Liverpool. I swear to God, secular Jew from Liverpool. I have I don't know what to do <laughs> with that information. So, and I, I, I almost, let it wash over right, me right. and say, okay, let's get to boyfriends. There's there's okay. some, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll move on. Boyfriends. So I didn't say this before, but these are the guys that we pick every week because they're cool. There's something about them beyond the field that makes them special. We're going to pick one guy per team, tell you all about them. And then at the end of the offseason, we're going to pick our fantasy teams. And then we're going to let you guys pick fantasy teams, too, if you want to join us. So listen up at the end of the show if you would like to. We already have our first We I Am Playing from, from Junior Potty Mouth. Excellent. Is, that's, is what, that's what I in. want to hear. Yeah. And just so you know, there are prizes for the winners. You just yes. may not get them for <laughs> right. until the next season starts. Ryan, it's I mean, on my d- dining room table. I swear I to God. saw it. It's really here. It's really here. Hey, this week we're, we're starting with the Royals. Yes. And so I have a theme. Sometimes we like to do themes here. They, they come up. So I am covering my first base picks this, this week with a couple of happy fun guys. Shocker that I would be picking just the happy goofballs. Um, from the Royals, I'm picking, I'm so excited to say this name, Vinny Pasquantino. Is that the best name? I want his jersey, Pasquantino. I like when you have fun saying names that aren't like of, of like Latin. Yeah. So because usually it's like, oh, I get to say you know, and Swatige or right. whatever, <laughs> or whatever it is. And yeah. yeah. But this time, this time you're going all Italy. Look at you. Yeah, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. So apologies, Vin. I think but Pasquantino I, is probably Pasquantino. right. Yeah. And that was shortened from something else. Believe it or not, I saw a Instagram post of his where he had discovered that his like great grandfather had. It, I wish I'd written it down. It was like it was, was there like a, a two or three more syllables. <laughs> there was another end? syllable or two, oh. and he said it was very Italian. Like this isn't, but it will get. Yeah, there. this, this we'll really get... masks the country of origin. <laughs> right, they toned it down a little bit. I want to go to dinner and order like a pasta pasquantino. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Oh my god, we will have to invent that dish. Maybe we'll have a clue on what to put in it by the end of this description. So Vinny first caught my eye when uh, the Red Sox played the Royals. They played in in August and in September. And I just noticed Vinny's name a lot because he was getting a shit ton of hits. It was six games total. And so then I had to go back and look, look this up because I didn't take notes at the time. Over those six games, he hit 10 hits against the Red Sox, including four RBI. So you would think I would hold a grudge, but no, that's admiration. He's, as a rookie, you know, All right. did pretty well against my team. He's from Virginia also, okay. right around the corner. And he has two nicknames. When he was in the in the minors, they called him the Italian Breakfast. And I'm not quite sure why on that one. But now he's known as the Italian Nightmare, which also sounds kind of rough. I want to know what an Italian breakfast is. Italian breakfast, is that a thing? I mean, I know like English breakfast, like a, a full English is a thing. I have no idea. I saw a, Which a, I'm sure you're aware of because of your, you know, intense, they, like, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, the connection to my the, the, Yeah. Um, I saw yet another, I was spending a little bit of time on his social media, of him retweeting his breakfast and describing it and saying, well, that's what this Italian eats. I, but So apparently he doesn't know what an Italian breakfast is either. Okay. He was saying, this Maybe is just a my version. I don't know why you guys are He's calling just a me morning this. guy. Okay, yeah. good, good. <laughs> he is a strong personality. He has a lot of energy, a lot of positivity. He's a clubhouse guy. And I think he gets it from his background in theater. Oh, that would yes. do it. And, and this background goes way back. In the sixth grade, he played Bilbo Baggins in apparently a rendition of The Hobbit made for sixth grade theater. 
I can't even imagine how right. far you'd have to cut that story down to have like a an elementary school theater production. I, I don't. I can't imagine. I don't know. There's a movie. They probably just clipped the movie or something. They, but they made three parts out of that book. That's true. They made they made two parts too many. Mm-hmm. Two movies too many. All right. I, I I got nothing. I don't know. Somehow he was Bilbo, and he's very plow- proud of it. And then later well, sure. he got to, and I'm not sure which grade this was that he was the flying one of the flying monkeys because there are many in the Wizard of Oz. But in high school, this is where he hit it big. He was the love interest in Dracula. So he looks back on, and also I don't know the play well, so I don't know who the love interest is, but that's how he self-identified his well, character. Well, it, it was a woman. All right. So that makes it that, more interesting. That, that would be a great production then. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, I do know that he carried it over a little bit in a promo that was done for the Royals. It was like the their 90s night, and he came out of the in the clubhouse with uh, these gold MC Hammer pants. Oh, the Hammer pants. Yeah, saying, boys, what's poppin'? Yeah, so that's... He is your guy. <laughs> He's the guy. He's totally your guy. I, I do have to forgive him for growing up a Yankees fan and a, and still apparently a Jets fan. He says that he was, he was born, and this is also ages me, um, ages us all, two years before Jeter debuted, so sort of grew up through the Jeter, Jeter I years. I already hate him. Yeah, there's that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. But he's a joy on Twitter. And and if whatever is left of Twitter, I'm kind of not happy with, you know, how this even having to look at Twitter these days. But if you're going to look at Twitter, look at Vinny Pasquantino's Twitter because it's super fun. He live tweeted the commercials in the last Super Bowl. He highlighted this little girl who went to um, one of the, his minor league games and got hit, hit by a ball and, oh, no. and rushed off. And when they rushed her off, they they found out that this was unfortunately a little girl who is going on undergoing cancer treatment oh, at God. age like two but when she finished her treatment and got to hit the gong Vinny retweeted the the post so she stayed in touch with her which is pretty impressive he's also a big dog guy he's got an adorable adopted dog from the animal shelter and he had a lovely tweet on national women and girls in sports day which i don't know where that is so i'm when that is not where when that is so i'm impressed that Vinny knew and said and i quote much love and respect for those who work in work with and or play sports they are passionate about so many incredible women making a difference and creating more opportunities for the younger generation sports need women Heck yeah. Yes, they do. All right. His very first word was ball before mom and dad, and he got very into watching baseball as a little kid, and he would, as he put it, actually narc out anybody who didn't run it out going to first base. So any batter, no matter what, if you didn't run it out, he got pissed off. He went to Old Dominion College for three years. Well, started off that way. Um, Had back issues sophomore year, and so had that momentary panic like, you know, Did this, I just this could my be life? it. Yeah. yeah, this could be it. Um, shaped up a little bit, played in Cape Cod, and the back the back issues came up, and he thought he just wasn't going to get not- noticed. But junior year ended up doing pretty stellar. Had a 402 on base percentage, 55 RBI, 16 home runs. This is the interesting part. He walks as much as he strikes out or more. 32 walks on 29 strikeouts. And he got start, scouted by the Royals from Old Dominion, which apparently is a hard thing to do. It's not an easy place to get to. They don't have a lot of scouts going there. So power to the Royals for keeping that on their radar. Signed in 2019. And then 2020. No playing. Uh, what are you going to do? 
go back what to Old Dominion and finish your degree. So get the Patty stamp of approval. So he finished his degree <laughs> in, the, in that year off. Spent 29 in the minors and then got brought up in June last year when Carlos Santana, footnote right there, yeah, hold, got traded to the Mariners. Um, had a little bit of time off with injuries in August, but overall did pretty well for his rookie season. 72 games, batted 295 average, 893 OPS with 10, 10 home runs and 26 RBI. Before he came up the season prior, he played in the Dominican Republic, which, you know, you guys know that I adore uh, following lead on for the Tigres de Lycee. And the best thing he said about it was, this is a, a pre-going to the DR interview, when he said, I would love to learn how our Latin American guys grew up. I'm going to meet some of, them, some of the younger guys at the academy. I think that could be important for a clubhouse if I could get down there and learn their life. I would love to be the guy that could relate to them and learn their way of life. I think it could make everybody better off. Oh, love him. Which is so awesome. Yes. Although shortly after the experience, he tweeted, pretty sure I'm not allowed back in the DR because of how bad I played there. <laughs> so, so, so intentions and then results may be different. But you know what? Maybe yeah. that other his other goals were met. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like meeting right. the guys and learning the culture and learning what, the, what it's like, what the environment yeah. is like besides the play. Exactly. And he had a good season up here afterwards. Yeah. And just the last thing is that he, just to highlight how, what a little bit of a prankster he is, um, he has a selfie that he posted on Twitter with his parents in the background on the couch, like reading the newspaper and watching TV, looking very bored. And the, the quote on the tweet is, you're not going to take a picture of me and put it on Twitter. No, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And he did anyway. So, nice. hi, dad. Hi, dad. Hey, so um, I picked Nicky Lopez, who's 27, and he's listed sometimes as a second baseman, sometimes as a shortstop. Mm. He's been playing both, so we'll see what happens this year. But Nicky was drafted out of Creighton University in 2016 by Kansas City, and I want to tell you his call-up story because I like it. Mother's Day. It's a Mother's Day call-up story. Called up on Mother's Day? So his manager, this was when he was with the Omaha Storm Chasers, said, after the game, I need you in my office. Ooh. And so he had like all the whole game to like worry about what was going on. Yeah, that's scary. And then like at the end of the game, he said, "Okay." His manager said, "You know, grab your phone, come come into the office. We need to talk." And he started to tell Nikki that there was a real problem because you know on Mother's Day they have like pink bats and things. And he's yeah. like, he was really like angry with him because he didn't get a hit with that pink bat on Mother's Day, and he should have done it. And he said, "All right, call your mom. We're gonna tell her what you did." So he makes Nikki calls mom. Oh my god! And then the manager said, um, "Mrs. Lopez, I told your son he wasn't playing because he didn't get a hit with the pink bat on Mother's Day, but the real reason is he's going to Kansas City." Oh my god! So he found out when his manager basically talked on the phone to his mom to say he was getting his call up. And I can imagine his mom like burst into tears. There, there were that tears. Moment. There were tears. So that That's I think that was a very so sweet sort of call cool. up story. And um, he did not disappoint because on his debut, his first hit was also his first run batted in, and it was my boyfriend with Merrifield that Aww. he batted in. And he said, "I'm really glad that he like you know turned on the burners, so he wow. <laughs> got him the the run batted in." But he did say like. He's one of those people that really treasures, like he tries to soak in the moment. So, you know, we talked about people like when they first come out on the field and their debut, they take a second, they look around to kind of soak in what, what does it feel like to be on the field? There's all these fans, there's all like my, I'm part of this team now. So his moment was when he got to first, when he singled on his first hit. And he said, the first thing I remember when I got to first base, I looked around the stands, everyone was up. It was like a standing ovation, something I never really received before. 
Aww. And it's really sweet. I mean, it's like this is a kid a who appreciates kid. that he's playing a game, yeah. but he's treasuring, like he's really valuing that. Yeah. So um, in 2021, he had a great season. He was he hit 300, um, and, his, and that 300 average was second in the majors among shortstops. Wow. Um, just behind Tim Anderson was at a 309. These were primary shortstops, but that was like the primary position that you played. He also, that same season, had 72 consecutive games as a shortstop without an error. Which, That's crazy. Which was a new stuff. franchise record for 2021. So that was pretty good. Wow. But mostly what I want to talk about is the stuff that makes him a good candidate for, you know, actually both of us, but, you know, kind of me. Yeah. Which is, okay, so two awards this year. One was he was the Roberto Clemente um, winner for the Royals. That says a lot. And the Mike Swanson Good Guy Award. And that's that's awarded by the local chapter of the Baseball Writers oh, Association, wow. right? So. You know, so the first one is like, what is your involvement? It's, but it's community involvement. It's mm -hmm. also leadership. It's also character. And then the good guy is like, you know, you are accessible. You, you are not afraid to talk. You're a real guy. Like you'll, uh -huh. you'll talk. You're not gonna like, you know, shy away. You'll, you'll like show your so cool. authentic self, right? So let me tell you some of the things that made him both a good guy and a Roberto Clemente um, deserving that. He's got an initiative called Nikki's Number One. <laughs> Nikki's Number One initiative, and it's about connecting with kids in the Kansas City community. And he does it in a bunch of ways. It's not just like he's got like one relationship that he does, but it is primarily what the YMCA is like one of the first places that he's hooked up with to like really make this happen. And like this past summer, he had um, the day at the K, you know, Kauffman Stadium is the K, so uh -huh. the day at the K, where the kids who are part of the YMCA Challenger program, which are kids with various disabilities, special needs kids, and you know, brought them to the park for a day to, you know, the oh, game wow. and then clinics and like spending time with a player That's right again awesome. back to spending time with the player in 2020 when you couldn't do that he set up zoom calls through the ymca and, and a couple other community organizations to talk to kids one-on-one -on -one, really and, and, and he said it was um to get FaceTime with children in challenging circumstances to inspire confidence positivity and healthy lifestyle choices during these trying times as he said and then as it went to the next season 2021 they started doing monthly zoom calls with groups so before people so were comfortable, cool. like you know, yeah. coming to the ballpark, which is what how they're doing it now. He wanted, he still wanted to build these connections and and like cement them to keep them going on a regular a regular relationship yeah, it's with like, these kids. Like your A's guy last week who did Zoom calls. Did, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so there's um, an organization called Dream Factory, uh, which are kids with um, critical or chronic illnesses, and he's had invited them to visits at the K. And then he also goes out to the University of Kansas Health System Hospital to spend time with patients and caregivers. So wow. he's like a, like a on the like boots on the ground. That's kind impressive. of a guy, which is very cool. And there's a new program that he's involved with, with also with the YMCA, but also the Kansas City Credit Union. Um, it's called Catch Success, which is promoting financial literacy to Kansas City area kids. And he's not just like hmm. sticking a name on it. He's showing up and he's working with the kids and helping them start their like their you know mock businesses. Uh, like wow. what other things you need to think about if you want to start your own business. Here's I mean he was I think he was a marketing major. He had a very businessy sort of major, um, but he helps them come up with their business plans. I mean the, the 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 project is to come up with these business plans for these you know imaginary businesses, and he's helps them do that but also he's going to be part of the team that um chooses the winners like what what are the best ones out of this group sweet um he does a lot of fundraisers for his initiative too like like um one local barbecue place said um if you call today and have delivery nikki lopez is going to deliver your food 
Wow. And then like 20% of whatever goes to this initiative. I would even buy barbecue. <laughs> He's got like one place that's like, it has like a hot dog specialty and they've got one named after him. And if you order that one, you know, the proceeds go to. So he's, he's like trying to incorporate all kinds, like local businesses, community groups, kids, but he's always showing up for these things, which is really cool. Um, but this goes back. I mean, he gets that baseball is fun and you need to show up. Like in 2016, that was the year he was drafted. And in this interview with him, he said, I think baseball is a game you should play with enthusiasm. That's what I try to do every single day. I should have fun playing uh. it. And his mom, remember his mom from the call-up story, said he's always happy. said, our joke was that the neighbors thought we built the fence to keep in the dogs, but it's because we had to contain <laughs> him. That's so cool. So I'm pretty excited about the enthusiasm and like the deep, deep involvement in the community. And so I'm very excited about Nikki Lopez being my Royals boyfriend this year. I, I, I'm just hoping that he has a good uh, influence on Vinny Pasquantino because it seems like they're buddies. And so if they're hanging out, maybe Vinny can, you know, go with them on some of this charity stuff. I think it would be it would be good for this developing young player. Absolutely. So we're going to go over to the Pirates, our National League. We always do one AL, one AL each week. And I had a very hard time oh, no. with the Pirates because there were the guys that we couldn't pick because they were our last year's boyfriends. And then there was the guy I knew you were going to pick this year because you claimed him I claimed him, man. <laughs> you didn't so anybody else. I planted else, my flag. You know, faithful listeners, you know what you're going to hear in a moment. So I'm going through everybody else and there was just so much – we're not sure if this guy is going to actually be playing or how many, who's going to be playing more, what positions, and when that comes down to your fantasy league, that was fucking with me. And I am happy. Well, no, I'm not happy at all. I am. <laughs> I Feelings am, come and go I, so quickly here. Right. I was going to, I meant it, in the back of my beer sogged brain um, that I, I, this is a moment where I am announcing the first new. Never going to be a boyfriend edition for this year. So we also have a list of guys. And if you join our fantasy team next summer, we have a list of guys you cannot choose because they are assholes or have been assholes. And we have not been able to um, really believe that they have repented from being assholes adequately. So at this point, it's just not worth having them on our team. You know, we, we have rules. Some of our rules are stupid. Some of our rules are like moral, morality-based yes. and our, our values. These are NCIB values, and we get to pick those because we're in charge, damn it. Yeah. So basically, anybody who has ever abused somebody else cannot be a boyfriend. And Jihwan Bae from South Korea was con actually convicted of ass assaulting his girlfriend in high school. And yes, high school, but still. You know, we had kids who were high schoolers, and they, I would have been very upset if I had known about we would have put of, them on yes. the list if they had done these things <laughs> right. for sure exactly exactly and not only that he's convicted of having slapped choked and kicked his girlfriend Jeez. in high school oh my god he actually had to pay a two million won and I had the exchange rate somewhere it really wasn't that much and he was uh this was discovered after he had already entered the minor league and he was suspended from MLB for 30 days because of this so never going to be a boyfriend apparently playing uh, I'm actually I'm not quite sure where he's going to be playing. I think he's somewhere in the infield, and and I'm hoping that not a lot. Um, and then I checked; there were a couple of big deals recently of guys who came over to the Pirates. G-Man Choi, who I was like, ah, shit, that's Patty's guy for from, sure. from last year. Was it, I think it was last year? Was it last yeah, year? Yeah, it was yeah. Tampa Bay yeah. last year. He went like a couple of teams in between. He bounced. Yeah, he bounced. 
And Carlos Santana, who I could have sworn you had picked before, and I looked up and you hadn't. I think you've just said nice things about him because he's such a Cleveland guy. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, please, please. So during the um, the World Series, the Cleveland World Series, <laughs> right? The Carlos Santana yes. played on that, and so yes, I, of course, did. was hanging out on Facebook at the time, which I haven't been on in a very long time, um, with my brother who's in Cleveland and we were watching the game kind of together and so we were sort of like commenting back and forth mm-hmm. you know it was our our old person version of live, live tweeting because it was on Facebook <laughs> and whenever Santana did anything spectacular he would post Oye Come Aba <laughs> and freaking Facebook would translate it that's very funny and I'm like no 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 this it really needs it to be in Spanish it's very important it's a lyric that's awesome. Stop funny when you translate it. Okay. Sorry. That that is awesome. That is awesome. The, the the last thing I just wanted to say before I go into Sl- Sam Tana, Slam Tana as he was no- is known, um, was that I almost picked second baseman Rodolfo Castro, a rookie young guy, and the only stuff I could get on him was the stuff that you had talked about, uh, episode two fifty four, because I had almost started my notes on him. Um, when his cell phone fat fell out of his pocket, oh, right. the guy who was sliding into third and his cell phone fell out of his pocket, you wouldn't believe how many articles there are out there Don't be about that guy mm-hmm. whose cell phone fell out of his pocket. And yep. it was an accident. I mean, I never know where my cell phone is. I could totally have done something I kind of like believe that. if you were a major league ball player, yeah. you would know that it shouldn't be in, in the your, pocket of right. your uniform. You, you know, And he admitted that, but he didn't put it there on purpose like it was just you know he fucked up he yeah. just fucked up and in a way that I could totally relate to which is why I thought I was going to choose him but I could because, find nothing because we have that in common else. if you were slotting to third right. base your cell phone would probably fall out of your it's pocket so, too absolutely okay fair absolutely. enough so then I was like well let's look into to Santana and, and he has not been doing that well the past couple of years but it's it's the old guy right it's a 36 year old old guy first baseman and he signed way back in 2004 with the Dodgers with a $75,000 bonus. And what did he do with that bonus? He turned around and he bought his mama house. Of course he did. He was traded to Cleveland in 08 and became the guy in Cleveland. He stayed there through 2017. And then he was a free agent, spent a few years. Well, he, he actually had a three-year deal with the Phillies, but didn't make it there. A year later, he was traded back to Cle- Cleveland. Um, actually, it was to the Mariners, and then they flipped it. But he ended up in Cleveland again. That's the important part. And then became a free agent after 2020. His career high in 2019 was 281, averaging for that season. And he got the All-Star fan vote, was in the Home Run Derby. Great year for him. And then the next year, 2020, sucked for everybody, but it especially sucked for Santana. He had his career low with 199. After that, he had a two-year contract with the Royals, not very pretty numbers. In June 22, he was traded to the Mariners, though, and that's kind of key because the Mariners ended up doing pretty well yeah, yeah, this year. Mm-hmm. His numbers aren't great, but there's that clubhouse influence, and so that's what I'm hoping happens this year with the Pirates. He has sexy defense. Out of 625 chances last year, he only had two errors, which is a 997 fielding average, and he's known for his plate discipline. He walks a lot. He definitely walks a lot. 
I just I want to point out that when um, you get scored on your fan, on the fantasy league, uh, there's not really there aren't really points for like clubhouse leadership. Uh, I mean, it would be great if there were, right. but that doesn't actually show up. So in yeah. our hearts, yes, right. Uh, when it comes to the cold hard tabulation of yeah. numbers. I will just feel good and let somebody else win. Right, which is why he probably won't make my final cut, yeah. but he's fun to talk about yeah, for sure right is. now. And there was nobody like, else on the fucking team that I could choose. So he's with the Pirates for one year for $6,725,000. And I'm thinking it's like a Nelson Cruz to the Nationals thing. It's that guy who's not at the height of his career by far, but he's doing the vibe in the clubhouse and he even said and I quote I'm big on dancing in the clubhouse and dancing in the dugout while getting ready for games well you know I am too like I think that's that's a great thing to do he's a happy guy he likes to have a good time he did say that I may need to go out and here spoiler alert for what Patty's about to talk about I may need to go out and find a new glove because of O'Neill's arm <laughs> He played in the World Baseball Classic for the Dominican Republic for the championship in 2013. He also played in 2017 and was actually like just hauling that year with a 308 average. But here's like the happy patty stuff. He said Cleveland, when he first got to Cleveland, Cleveland is my city. It's a place where people are always pushing forward and working hard just like in the Dominican Republic. Wow. And the first thing he did when he got to Cleveland, he said, is he made friends with the cops, which is probably a wise thing to do, actually, as somebody from the Dominican Republic. But he got to know them right away. And he said that they would, like, you know, show up and say hi to him after a good game kind of thing. Like, he had a really good relationship with the Cleveland cops. He also had a solid relationship with a young boy, Nico Lanzarota. Lanzarota. My Italian is just not doing You're getting well. a lot of work out with the Italian I, I names am. today, too. Young boy with cerebral palsy came to the game and saw him. He saw him, and so he gave him a ball. And the kid said, will you sign the ball for me? And he signed it. Sure. Will you get a home run for me? And he said, if you give me a hug. Oh, God. Oh. So the kid gave him a hug, and he homered. And he said, it's my, he's my best friend in Cleveland. Now, interestingly, Jason Kipnis, also on the team, did the same thing that night. Also met the kid, also promised a home run, also got a home run. Damn. He became a U.S. citizen in 2019, but he's the good guy. So there's a lot of charity giving back stuff that he's done. All the way back to 2011, he was involved in a glove drive with the Cleveland team where um, after the game, they would give autographs for anybody who donated a glove for kids in Cleveland through the Cleveland Baseball Federation did kids kids run the bases events in Cleveland had a charity bowling event for the Cleveland Clinic and the Cleveland uh, Boys and Girls Club and his wife seems also very lovely together and this is what you were talking about before like put your feet where you're you're where you're trying to donate to like where where you want to support right actually do the work he uh, they visited often the Providence House in Cleveland, which is the nation's oldest crisis nursery committed to child abuse prevention. They have four kids themselves. And the final quote that just like sits with me beautifully is he said, I'm just hoping to be a role model and a good teammate. Not just on the field, but being a good person off the field around them as well. And that's what he said when he in the in the interview when he first came to the Pirates. So that's what he's trying to do to the Pirates. So yay, Carlos, even though you might not actually make my fantasy team. <laughs> I we'll love see. It. We'll see. I, I've always, always liked him no matter where he was playing. Yeah. I was always a fan because he is, in fact, a super good guy. Um, yeah. 
for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So as Potty Mouth mentioned, I put a flag down. I claimed yeah. O'Neill Cruz early on, which we hadn't done in the past, but I found myself doing it a couple times. It's fair. It's totally fair. We have a spreadsheet now. We can keep track of that stuff. And I think I may have said, you know, one of us is going to. But what I meant was, (laughs) I'm going to pick O'Neill Cruz for my Pirates boyfriend this year. He's 24. He's a shortstop from the Dominican Republic. He was named the O'Neill in his name. His dad named him for his baseball idol, former big leaguer Paul O'Neill. I was wondering about that because that's a really interesting Not a real Dominican sort of name, but he was named for Paul O'Neill, like former Yankees outfielder, like five times all-star, five-time World Series winner. His dad played minor league ball. Um, His dad, Rafael, um, for the Rangers for like three years in the mid-80s. And I think his brother has a minor league contract right now. So it's a super baseball family, which probably is not at all unusual in the Dominican Republic. So he was originally signed um, by the Dodgers at age 16. In 2015, and at the time he was six one, and that's important because now he's six seven. He Holy is the, shit! He's six seven. He is the tallest everyday shortstop in MLB history. There was one other Holy short, shit. one other person who played shortstop. I think like once who was taller, but as far as like a regular yeah. starting shortstop, he is the tallest. Um, a lot of the the um, I sound like a real estate agent. A lot of the comps, <laughs> a lot of the comps are basketball players. Uh, he's always getting compared to basketball players, like for his skill, Six, but also seven. his height, right? And he talked about um, he was growing so fast, like an inch or two every year. He said, "My family just ended up buying me a lot of clothes that were way too big, because they knew I would continue to grow <laughs> and eventually grow into them, and they were right." So, you know, drafted. It was like signed in 2016. He was traded to the Pirates in 2017. He um, debuted. In October of 2021, so at the very end of the season, I think he played two games in 2021, right? So since his debut, here are all the records that O'Neill Cruz has set, all right? So on his debut, October 2nd, 2021, in his fourth plate appearance, two hours into his major league career, he singled to right center um, at a speed of 118.2 miles per hour, which was way way beyond the hardest hit ball ever by a pirate in the StatCast era. Like, I'm showing up. Here's here, Welcome to the show, right? Yeah. Also, in that same game, in the first couple of innings, he registered the three fastest sprint speeds of a, of the year by a pirate. Um, 31.5, 30.7, 30.3. 30 seconds home to first is elite. Wow. So, yeah, he's, like, super fast. Um, he, in, um, on June 20th, he had the hardest thrown infield assist of the season at 96.7 miles an hour. And then not quite a month later on July 14th, he had the hardest thrown assist ever at 97.8 miles per hour, which is why Carlos Santana is going to need a new glove yes. if he's playing first <laughs> and, and, and O'Neill is throwing to him yep. from shortstop. Um, he, on August 24th, it's not just the arm, it's the bat. He brought the he um, broke the Statcast record for the hardest hit ball. It was 122.4 miles per hour single that hit the outfield wall. So it was only a single, which broke um, Giancarlo Stanton's record of 122.2. So just wow. edged it out. But Giancarlo Stanton, I mean, yes, the man absolutely. is all arm, right? So that that hit would have been a home run in 26 ballparks, but not PNC Park. But one of the home runs he did hit off of Mets pitcher Tommy Hunter was ended up being like one-handed, you know, he had already like, you know, dropped one hand off the the bat, hit a home run 
out of the ballpark into the Allegheny River with one hand on the bat. And Tommy Hunter said he needed a neck brace for how fast he had to turn his head around <laughs> to watch that ball yeah, sail out of the ballpark. Serious right? whiplash. So he's the 11th fastest player in baseball, wow. which is amazing for his height. I mean, he's a big guy, and he's super fast. So in this past season, um, since he – so he, he um, didn't – it wasn't a starter. Um, he came in, like, in May, right. I think, this year. Um, but from that point on, he led National League rookies in home runs and runs batted in. He was second in National League rookies in slugging percentage and OPS, and he was third in home runs. So, wow. So back to Paul O'Neill, like his, his namesake. Huh. Um, he finally met him via FaceTime. Really? So again, so, so you know, Paul O'Neill was, was a Yankee, right? So I, I think the media helped hook this up. Yeah. But, but when the Pirates were at Yankee Stadium, they set up a FaceTime. Funny. So that Paul O'Neill and O'Neill Cruz could meet. And they had a conversation. And then shortly thereafter, a box arrived for O'Neill Cruz, which was a signed jersey from Paul O'Neill. Oh my! Which he said God. immediately. I'm framing this and hanging this in my yes. family's house. And because can you imagine is, his dad? Right? Isn't that cool? So, and we have talked in the past about how major league teams sometimes are very cautious about allowing their players to play in the winter leagues. So O'Neill Cruz is playing again. Back to the Tigres. You mentioned the Tigres mm-hmm. um, just a little, just a minute ago. And so that's that's where um, O'Neill Cruz has been playing um, in 12 games of winter ball. He's hit just 250, but um, two home runs, 792 OPS slight ankle injury yesterday, but they think he's just going to be out for like the week and just a couple of days, but it did make all of Pittsburgh go, (gasps) I can imagine. Right? Because like, as you said, I mean, they don't have a a solid lineup and this guy is like kind of gunning for a face of the franchise. You know, they need to like extend him, sign him, keep him. Yeah. Because he's only going to get better. And boy, that's, I, I, that'd have been really scary for sure. So for, for comparison, I just looked up the six, seven thing. Aaron Judge is six seven uh-huh john carlos stanton is six six uh-huh so he's big yeah this the big boy also qhar and like yeah yeah it's clearly always like there were as many articles about him having fun playing baseball that's as there were about his cannon for an arm and his bat speed so my guess is he is gonna make your final lineup oh i would heck bet yes you heck yeah yes next week we're talking about detroit and the cincinnati reds the, the reds actually tied with the Pirates for like their win-loss record. So alphabetically, we had to start from the bottom of the alphabet. We're working our way up, which is how we got, um, we, how, how we ended up with Pittsburgh before Cincinnati. I just trust you on these things. I appreciate I your love diligence. That. I love that. Yes. I love it. I try very hard question. not to abuse that often. All right. Well, I'm going to try to get through this quickly because, boy, boyfriends are extensive these days. World Baseball Classic, super exciting. So if in case you haven't heard these names recently, Vinny Pasquantino and Nikki Lopez, both of them Kansas City Royals, are going to be on Team Italy. I love Team Italy. So, they're, my, they're my favorite team this week. <laughs> we are now pro-Team Italy. But I don't understand. And I, 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 my Googling skills are not so good because I can't fucking figure out how many players you can actually have in the World Baseball Classic team. At the beginning of this, I was all of them. I was all of them. very concerned about the U.S. not having any pitchers. And then all of a sudden, pitchers are coming out of the woodwork. Last week, we talked about a shit ton of pitchers. This week, 
more arms for the USA. Mike Michaelis from the Cardinals, Daniel Bard from the Rockies, a lovely comeback story, Nick Martinez from the Padres, Nate Valdi from the Red Sox, and Lance Lynn from the White Sox have all signed on to pitch for Team USA. So that is a lot of pitching. I don't know how everybody's allowed to join. Hopefully I can figure it out. I have one trivia question for you today. Oh no. So of all the so this is this is look back at our notes. Of all the guys we've talked about today, which player mentioned in today's show was part of the 2017 World Baseball Classic All-Star Team Selection? So what they do at the end of the World Baseball Classic is there's a MVP, you know, there's one guy, but there's also like for each position, they name the best guy at that position. So Carlos Santana. This was for the U.S. For the U.S. Oh, there's the there's the tricky part. Oh, yeah. Wait. So yeah, Carlos Santana would make sense. But we just talked about like right kids. But but also the rest of the show. But also the rest of the show. Yep. Okay. Here's another hint. First base. Eric Hosmer. Yes. Can you believe that? Eric Hosmer. Was the best first baseman. Base Did I say that which, with too much disdain <laughs> yeah, in my voice? Was, I just realized that was, that was a terrible way to say was, his name. That was a little bit of skepticism, but in fact, he apparently did very well in the World Baseball Classic in 2017 for the U.S. of A. Fun fact: of that all-star team, seven out of twelve of them are previous NCIB baseball boyfriends. We can pick them. We sure can. I love that about us. We're still looking for tickets. You still cannot get single game tickets in either Arizona or Miami at this point. If you want to go to Arizona, you can get five games, like all the day games or all the night games, or you can get all 10 games. If you want to go to Miami right now, all that you can get is full team Israel or full team Nicaragua, but you can't get, but there's an interest form. I've filled it out multiple times. (laughs) Is it like, just tell me everything, or is it, I want to know about, the Dominican Republic team, or I want to know about Team USA. Well, I want to, what, what, it's just what a, it? like I want to buy a ticket. You just have to fill out. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm throwing all of my money at you. Please, right. please let right. me give you my money. Let me know when you're going to sell me a fucking ticket. Yeah, so we're still waiting. We're <laughs> still sure waiting. I'm sure the customer service appreciates yeah. hearing that. <laughs> right. I know I've had many years working in customer service, and I and always gonna... put those kinds of requests way yep. at the top of my queue. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I know you still have something important to talk about, so I'm going to try to get this done because I'm watching our clock tick. Um, lead on. Dominican is going into the semifinal stage. If you want to know who to watch there, the Aguilas Cibaeñas have Victor Robles and Johan Camargo, past NCIB boyfriend. Johan Camargo is actually ripping it up this year. The Tigres that we've been talking about, Delicie, I put O'Neill Cruz in. Maybe he'll play in the playoffs. I'm not quite sure. But Jorge Alfaro from the Padres is there. And Aristides Aquino, who is my 20 pick from the Reds, is in there. The Gigantes de Cibao, I think. Jose Siri is is actually our, our friend Susie from um, Bourbon and, and Baseball sent me something about Siri exploding just a little bit. Like, he would have been so fucked if this has happened in MLB, but he, like, freaked out on the, the ump. Oh, no. Not, not appropriately. I, not quite enough to break up with him completely, but I'm not, I do not approve. Um, and then the guy that I definitely don't approve of, Marcelo Zuna, he's also on the Gigantes. And the Estrellas Orientales, who are still managed by Ta- Fernando Tati Sr., and Christian Pache, your guy, is on that team. So right. watch Lead On soon. Um, last week I talked about the Mujeres en el Diamante with Justine Siegel going to Mexico. 
She did another team. So I talked about three teams last week. There's more. Aguilas de Mexicali. She did Energizer Bunny. It's amazing. It's amazing. And promoting women and girls in baseball in each stop. Speaking about women and girls in baseball, the the Liga Femenil de Baseball de Puerto Rico, their regular season is over, but it's kind of more of a championship thing. I think that there are 11 games. So it's something. It's a women's league. Uh, the Lobas de Recibo are going to play the Artesanas de las Piedras on January 8th. That will be the, the final. The Lobas are looking amazing, though. Like, I, this is unbelievable. They're undefeated, so they're 11-0. It's the third time that their, that their team has done this. They also did it in 9 and 14. But what's different this time is it was all done by knockout, which you spell N-O-C-A-U-T. That's the <laughs> knockout. <laughs> but that's a knockout. And that's when you have a 10, 10 run lead. They have had a 10 run lead so that's the mercy in rule. 11 games. Yeah. That's their mercy rule. The knockout is their mercy rule. Exactly. Okay. But that's like a 10 run lead. That's for enormous. 11, for 11 games. Their team. At a championship level? Yeah. Their team average is 546. Their pitcher's ERA average is 56.56. Their team fielding percentage was 971, and their catchers did not allow a steal in 11 games. They are loaded. Their MVP, Chiara Resto, had 24 hits in 32 at-bats, which is a 750 These are made-up numbers. This cannot be real. I know. So I'm very intrigued by the Lobas. I mean, of course, you know, intrigued by what's happening in the other. But there's five other teams there. I mean, there's got to be some competition. These women are just cranking some... Looking forward to seeing what happens to her. Wouldn't that be cool if, like, I don't know, comes up and plays in some actual complete United States Women's League or League for All or yeah, we need great. something. That would be very great. Or bust into MLB. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Hey, so we assigned you a little bit of homework last week. Hope you did it. Um, new study came out that Bradford William Davis reported in The Insider based on research by friend of the show, Dr. Meredith Wills. Um, if you remember... Uh, Dr. Wills has published research prior to that talking about how there were, there were two different balls in 2021. She's done things earlier about, hey, this year the ball was weirdly dead or weirdly juiced or why doesn't this weigh the, mm-hmm. what it's supposed to weigh, all those things. So she's been studying these for a long time. This year, um, well, actually first, um, at the All-Star break, during a press conference, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, admitted mm-hmm. that, yep, there were two balls that were used in the 21 season. And he said, okay, so... Mostly dead balls. Now, it's not unusual for a league to say, hey, there's way too many home runs. We need to, like, cut that back somehow. And whether that means, like, change something about mm-hmm. the, the pitcher's mound or change the ball. So they decided to deaden the ball a little bit because so, there were too many home runs. And it wasn't – they're fun to watch, but there's not that much excitement on the base paths if everything is getting hit, hit out of the park, right? right? So dead balls. So that was the plan. For 2021, he said, oh, yeah, but supply chain. So we we ran out of dead balls, so we started dipping into the previous season's juiced balls. So there were some mostly dead balls, but also some juiced balls, which may or may not have been distributed equitably among the teams. But he did admit, yeah, there were two balls. That's not going to happen this year. This year we're going to have one ball. But they didn't have one ball. They didn't have two balls. They, as it turned out, <laughs> had three balls. I feel like it's like the magician thing where you're like just shuffling the stuff around and, and then poof. MLB, why can't they just say, oh, okay, here's what we did. We have right. three balls. They don't. They hide this crap, right? So they had, okay, so 
Meredith mm-hmm. and Bradford, they had like 204 balls that they collected and tested. And these were from many sources, including us. We sent one of those balls. I'm hoping it was one of the ones that was, you know, from, you know, right. from, from Camden Yards. Maybe it was part of the study. I don't know. Of course. But they had people at many ballparks sending them balls. As you know, at the end of the show, we always recommend that you send your, your game balls to Meredith and you document what game, what ballpark, mm-hmm. right? Because that's really important yep. for this. They discovered that there were the dead balls, there were the juice balls, and there were what they called the Goldilocks ball because it was just right. <laughs> it wasn't up. dead enough to not get out of the park. It wasn't juiced enough to only get out of the park. Right. But it had pop. You know, it had pop. So, like, if you were hitting the same way you hit a dead ball, you may get it out of the park. And I noticed, at least the games that I was watching this season, the commentators talked about the ball a lot. Like, that should have gone out. Or, yep, we got a juice ball, because there's no way that should have gone out. Like, they were paying attention to the balls, and so are the players, right? Yes. So, by studying these, they they determined that the balls were produced in batches, so it was intentional. Like, that you can look at numbers, Mm -hmm. and they kind of crack the code, and they could say, okay, so over this time period, all the balls that we could test over that time period with these markings were dead. And all the ones over this time period were juiced. All the ones in this time period were just right. They were (laughs) Goldilocks balls. So clearly MLB was doing it on purpose because they they, you could identify when they were produced. It wasn't like one ball was just weird because there was some strange manufacturing hiccup for that one ball. It was over a period of time, Mm -hmm. right? And MLB is getting weirder and weirder because (laughs) there were threats. MLB talked to the players union and said, don't cooperate with Dr. Wills. Do not send her balls it's crazy don't don't it's it's like saying like don't give her reliable evidence (laughs) they threatened mob threatened to fire non-unionized staff if they did aid in research if if like if you know a concession worker if somebody else had ball and they sent them to meredith their jobs were at stake what the heck? That's crazy. You get the ball, you do what you want. Right. Okay. So clearly, for whatever reason, MLB is trying to like cover this up when they could just say, we're trying these out. Right. We've got three balls. Who knows who? which right. ones you have? If you have nothing to hide, they would let, let her have balls. So here's the thing <laughs> like, that's that they crazy. had to hide, right? The thing they had to hide was that Goldilocks ball, the ball that was just right. Yeah. Didn't appear right. everywhere. It was not randomized it appeared very specifically in special games or special events like mm-hmm. the home run derby they found it in all levels of the post season yeah. home run derby makes sense that's fine. right they found it in commemorative balls like if a if a, a team was like celebrating you know an anniversary or something then they have like specially stamped balls mm-hmm. a lot of those were goldilocks balls and apparently um uh, aaron judge's like last home run was a commemorative ball of course but also yankees yeah and by yankees it's balls that were sent to yankee stadium so they appeared in two different places they were balls that were used in games or batting practice in yankee stadium or this i just learned by this study when teams travel the balls that they use for batting practice are the one they bring their own yeah so these these Goldilocks balls showed up in other ballparks, but they only showed up with Yankees batting practice, which means they That's were balls wild. that were sent to Yankee Stadium. So I don't know if the numbers support this, but it did um, it did 
create uh, uh, the opportunity for Junior Potty Mouth to say MVP my ass <laughs> about Aaron Judge. Yeah, you know, maybe, That's right. maybe we don't know which balls he hit out of the park. Except for that last one. I don't, because people keep those balls, right? Yeah. Or they, so well, that last one's going for no one, a shit ton no, of money. Yeah, no one's taking those those apart and like weighing the, right. weigh, weighing the right. yarn. No They're not. So you don't apart, know for sure, sure, but that it's it's very suspicious. Right. It's very suspicious. It doesn't have to be suspicious. They could just say, hey, we're, we're doing right. this. We're trying this. Or, you know, it would be cool if they said, hey, you know what? It's the postseason. Everybody's getting this new ball right. because we want, it's, we want the balls to fly. It'll right. be fun. But but the question is like the Yankees getting them when other people aren't with Aaron Judge chasing that Roger Maris record right and so the the other question though is um, what balls were going to St Louis right and it's unknown because she didn't get balls from St Louis right? so so yeah so here's. The bottom line is we talked to Dr. Wills and she has agreed to come on the show. We haven't set a date yet. So um, we're going to give our, our Patreon subscribers yes. the opportunity to send us questions to ask Dr. Wills. So if you've read the study, if you've even just listened to this and it, and it makes you think, huh, I wonder about, please send us your questions via Patreon and we will ask them of Dr. Wills when we do that interview. She's she's very happy to talk to us about it. Also, an um, interesting thing um, that she had mentioned was that in this coverage, in this insider article, the editors didn't, they, they left some things out and they reworded some findings and their graphics weren't exactly what Meredith's findings showed. And, and she did not have a chance to, they did not give her a chance to like look over these things. So some of the science is getting picked on based on what the article represented as opposed to what her study represented. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely we're gonna ask her more about that. But if, if you are one of our Patreon subscribers or you wanna be one of our Patreon subscribers, please do and send us your questions for Dr. Wills about the Goldilocks ball and, and what's different about this past 2022 season than previous seasons. We'd love to ask her for you. Yep. That's for sure. All right, we're wrapping up. We're we have a long show. Do we? <laughs> yeah, we have a long bit, show. We had some boyfriends bit. talk about. We have yeah, a lot to say they about were, boyfriends. They're fun boyfriends, totally fun boyfriends. But you know, the time is ended. The time is ending. All right, so we're going to spend this week looking up some boyfriends for Detroit and for Cincinnati. Ooh, we take recommendations. We're good with blind dates. Right. And so if you have recommendations um, or if you have, you know, corrections or, you know, other things you want to tell us, <laughs> please find us on social media. I am still checking our Twitter, although it's I'm wondering how reliable it is because I keep getting so many bizarre DMs that are just not being screened anymore because too many people got fired at Twitter. But at Twitter, if you want to give it a shot, it's NCIB podcast. Facebook and Instagram might be more reliable at No Crying and B-Ball. And then there's that Patreon if you want to Throw us some money and get your questions in for Dr. Wills and also see other random fun shit that we're going to start putting up there. That would be Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash no crying and b-ball. And it's a buck a month, folks, for, for access to our stellar material. So, and, and one thing we're thinking about starting on Patreon is the ability to um, oh. watch us record. Yes. Um, when we record <laughs> remotely, there is the option to have basically a peanut gallery yeah. where you can log in and 
and watch the magic happen. So um, if you're interested in that, please become a Patreon subscriber. Right, right. And current Patreon subscribers, if you guys want to see that, please let us know. Absolutely. <laughs> we think it would be fun. We, gosh we're darn it. Amused. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, holidays are coming, man. Um, they're here tonight. They're, they're here tonight. Happy That's Hanukkah. Right. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Um, oh, man, I want go upstairs and eat a lot because yes, so we are going much, to so much we haven't figured out how we're going to record on um, our christmas episode <laughs> but we're working on that yes. weirdly it's not people who celebrate christmas that are the problem in that scheduling <laughs> situation but okay um yeah so uh, please get your, your boosters because you're going to want to hang out with your family over the holiday season um fight the man is the right thing to do send those game balls to meredith because you're not going to get fired <laughs> if you do it and until next week say good night potty mouth good night potty mouth My sound looks busy. I've been talking a lot. Does it look busy? Looks- I, I'm just sitting back and watching you go, really, because you are very entertaining. <laughs> See?